Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Welcome, everybody. Chuck Bonnywell, Julie Hayden, The Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show. True straight up. And the show is brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, um, Advanced Acupuncture, and Chinese Medicine. Um, come up at 3.30, we're going to have an industry analyst, Kenneth Raposa, come on the show and explain to us all just why this what trillion-dollar and growing trade deficit is so awful. But wanted to start off, start off first with um, two of our favorite people, Ash in America, who writes for a column coming out in the Glendale Cherry Creek Conical, where right. Chuck is at world headquarters right now. Um, and then Holly at Altitude, two really great grassroots warriors um and and as i've been saying they've been they're being persecuted essentially this is just a lawfare attack against them uh, and their big crime well just trying to do a little bit of election integrity have that be an issue so holly let's start off with you and explain so you guys are being sued for your efforts uh regarding election integrity why don't you explain the basis of what the lawsuit is all about Okay. Um, Thanks for having us, Chuck. I really appreciate it. Um, So about two years ago, um, Ash, uh, Ash, myself, and uh, retired Colonel Sean Smith from the the Air Force Colonel that everybody knows here in Colorado, and USEIP, the U.S. Election Integrity Plan, which is um, a free association of people that Ash and I are considered um, to be founders. Um, and and USEIP's whole mission is to just find the truth, um, share the truth, and try to fix our elections on the most local level. Now, this is not a top-down organization. <laughs> we are just a free association of people, and we're 100% volunteer, and we do no fundraising. We raise no money, nothing like that. So uh, we... we the three of us were uh, named as defendants in this uh, lawsuit, as well as USEIP. And the plaintiffs in the lawsuit are the end of. Well, NAA- you can tell us who brought the lawsuit. Yeah. yeah the, the plaintiffs in the lawsuit are the NAACP, the League of Women Voters, Mi Familia Vota, and they're backed by a DC based um, activist law firm called Free Speech for People. Um, along with other lawyers. So um, the lawsuit alleges that we have engaged in voter intimidation. And uh, it doesn't sound all that bad until you start reading all of the um, claims in the case. And I'd like to read just a few of these samples of what they're alleging in the case so that people get an idea of how um, serious these, these allegations are. Um, so this comes directly from the pleading. Um, it says USCIP is deploying its agents who are sometimes armed to go door to door to intimidate voters. Um, it alleges that we were going door to door and that we asked or accused people of casting allegedly fraudulent ballots. 
Um, and another quote, in order to threaten voters in their own homes with potentially violent confrontation, USCIP encourages its agents to carry weapons. Uh, another one is USCIP is actively generating and spreading fear that voters can expect multiple <laughs> armed and unarmed USCIP members to show up at their doors at any moment to harass and interrogate them about their voter history. I have two more. Uh, that USCIP is well-funded and that we get paid for our work with USCIP and that Mike Lindell was a funder. And none of that, none of these so far are true. And it especially irritates me that they tried to position us as um, an organization of something other right. than what we are. They make you sound like IRS agents. No, I'm kidding about that, but only partial thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm okay, so let's, let's go back. Well, First well, of all, well, you, well, why don't you describe what your activity is? Yeah, what were. you were doing. Right. So, Ash, why don't you, why don't you describe sure. what USCIP was doing? Yeah, it's funny that, uh, that Holly is, is uh, accused of these things because Holly never canvassed. Uh, but most of the you know grassroots folks in Colorado know about USEIP, know what we were doing with voter verification. It was literally taking the Secretary of State's record and finding out if it, if it was true. So, did you did you, you know is are these the people that live at your house? Did you receive multiple ballots more than more than one ballot? Did you vote in person or by mail? Nothing about candidates. We didn't encourage anybody to be armed and go well, and to this people's was, homes. And this was after the election, right? This was, this yes. was, you weren't doing this. Was, so this was after the election. Okay. Months, and so months after we started, I think in May is when USCIP, there were other groups in the state that started canvassing earlier than that. But USCIP started, I believe the, the first folks went out in May. First of all, I would like to say this is what the Secretary of State's office should have been doing. You were doing their right. job. You'd think they would. So let me, but explain. Well, so you well, would go. Let me ask a couple of questions. Sure. What is the the laws that you were alleged to have broken and that allow them to sue you civilly? Right. Holly, do you want to take that? Sure. They're charging us. There's three claims in our lawsuit. Um, two are under the Voting Rights Act of 1965 which um, I basically, I have it here. It, it, um, the law uh, says that, um, oh wait, maybe I don't have it written down. Um, anyway, the, okay. the, basically the VRA is um, an anti-voter um, intimidation uh, act that was passed after the KKK Act. And we're also being charged for conspiracy um, a voter intimidation under the KKK Act. So essentially what the plaintiffs have to prove in our case is that um, that, that there's a victim or that a voter was um, injured, that, that they were harassed, threatened, or coerced into acting um, against their will or compelled to do something against their will Either they were deterred or compelled to do something um, that inhibits their ability to exercise their free voting rights. And the history of um, the KKK Act and the VRA um, has evolved over time, like most laws do. As more case law goes through, it starts defining the laws um, in a way that that gives um, the courts and 
more lawyers. understanding, yeah, and lawyers of how how to um, defend or prosecute under under this law. And so, um, one of the things that is important to realize is that voting has changed. the The term voting in the law has changed from literally put filling out your ballot, at going to a polling place, and putting it into the voting box the counting box into voting activity. And so, oh. um, so now it's a little bit wider. And what we're seeing is that this, this lawsuit is trying to, trying to do two things. One, it's definitely lawfare and lawfare is designed to destroy uh, your defendants. It's designed to malign them, ruin their lives, shame them, um, wreak as much havoc through the court system as possible. But that is only a subset of impact law. And impact law is a term that not a lot of conservatives use or a lot of people know. But impact law is basically um, using the legal system to create social change or legal change that can't be um, uh, moved through the legislative system. So this is a way for uh, groups to really define the contours of the law in their favor. And so in this case, what they're um, really, I think, trying to do, and this is my opinion, is that they're trying to say that anybody who questions the law engages in um, auditing activity, citizen-led auditing activity, canvassing, um, potentially poll watching, um, box monitoring, voter challenges, all of that is also um, voting activity, in in my opinion. And they want to go after that. Yeah, and I think what they're trying to do is start saying that um, some voting activity should be protected and some should be made. So like you talk about stuffing the ballot box illegally, that kind of voting activity is fine, right? But trying to make sure that's a protected category, right? But trying to make sure that people are legally voting, um, th- that's not fine, apparently, why, right? Why, does, why do these organizations get to bring lawsuits that would normally thought to be the rights of the, the voters themselves bringing a lawsuit? Right. That goes back to the history of the KKK Act and um, the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Basically, um, it, under these two laws, it it now allows for private uh, organizations to, do, to sue private individuals in civil lawsuits. Um, the government can still bring these lawsuits or the state can, um, but those are criminal charges. And so ours, our lawsuit is between private parties, so it is um, a civil suit. How do, they get, how do they get damages? Based on that, the civil suit asking for damages or asking for injunctive relief or something. How do they say, well, we've been damaged and therefore we, the, the defendants owe us X amount of money? Right. In our case, the damage claim um, from the plaintiffs was that uh, 20% of each of the organizations, the NAACP, League of Women Voters, and um, Me Familia Vota, diverted 20% of their um budget resources um, to fighting and uh, combating USCIP activity in Colorado. Oh, wow. And they want you to give them that money. 
Well, so so this has evolved a bit as right. the so the, the lawsuit was filed in March of 2020. Uh, sorry, 2022. Um, and so it's been you know it's been going on for uh, almost almost two years. And originally they asserted in uh, you know signed sworn affidavits under pain and penalty of perjury that they had members that were intimidated and that they had that they had exerted you know a 20 percent of their resources to having to counteract our you know misinformation and disinformation and intimidating activities um, they were also asking for injunctive relief chuck uh, as you said they asked for a temporary restraining order against our activities the early judge in the case denied it said this is all hearsay it's based on newspaper articles you can't uh you know ask for somebody to stop engaging in their civil uh civil rights right uh to to be based on hearsay and when that ruling came down from the judge they withdrew their request for a tro they kept their their damages in there in the you know months and months since they've really withdrawn every every aspect of their claims they've withdrawn except they're still asking for us to be, you know, stopped. Let me ask you. Who do you have defending you? Sorry. Wait, Chuck, let me ask this first. Who do you have defending you? Oh, okay. Who are are your lawyers defending you? Uh, We have two um, Colorado um, criminal defense lawyers. And on the other side of of the the case, uh, there are a dozen lawyers. Okay, Uh 12. They have 12 lawyers across a couple different law firms. Yeah. And Ash, I want and you to explain. You brought, so, wait, you Chuck, let me just do this. Well, so let me, people can understand what they were doing. Because I think that's what, what, you one more. You get one more. Have you, have you brought any counterclaims? We have. And um, the, as you know, Chuck, you're a lawyer, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, during these legal proceedings, there's there's a cadence and uh, methodology for how a court uh, – case works its way through the legal system. And so there are dates and um, times that that punctuate when you can and can't do certain things in your case. And so um, very early on, before we even knew really what the case was all about, because the, the case was filed with no evidence whatsoever, which is legal. You can do that. It's not recommended. You know, lawyers will tell you, you know, that's not the best idea, but you can do it. So we had this mechanism. There was a date um, in our proceedings where we, that was our opportunity to file counterclaims. Right. And we did that. Um, and those sat um, unadjudicated for quite a while. Then we had a judge change in our uh, lawsuit. We first had Chief Justice Brimmer from the Tenth um, yeah, Circuit of, um, yeah, the Denver Court, and then um, a new appointee, new Biden appointee judge from Boulder, Judge Charlotte Charlotte Sweeney, um, joined the Tenth Circuit, and our case got moved over to uh, Judge Sweeney's docket. And so I believe, Ash, you can check me on this. I believe uh, that was her first ruling is to throw out our counterclaims. Of course, of course. That's well, right. Ash, I want to have you has, explain. Has being or, too lately filed or, or being not Check enough all your questions. Well, I know, but that's <laughs> just legal stuff. Get it out of the way. Did she dismiss it because it was non-merit? It had no basis or you didn't file it at a, at a, at a proper time or... 
We did file it on time. I can't remember why she denied the claims. Because you're concerned. I I agree with you. And in my opinion, that is true, Julie. But uh, it was based on the type of motions that the the claims were broader. It was like, this isn't a 12 something B, you know, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. So it was yeah. very legally technical as to why she dismissed the claims. Okay. And Chuck, yeah. I'm happy to send it to you and, and you can check it yeah. out. Um, yeah. Well, they can ask what I want you to do is explain to people. So they're accusing you essentially of like being like the KKK and violating all these minority people's rights and intimidating them armed showing up there at doors. Um, even though Holly, you weren't actually doing any canvassing. Ash, why don't you explain, were you guys showing up there in tanks then with an FBI SWAT raid team or what were you actually doing? We were walking in pairs. So we had two people in- Go ahead, Holly. I can tell you what I say. Oh, something. I was I was just going to say, Ash, just to tee it up. Um, going back to before you go into this, because you definitely know how this worked a lot more than I did since I never canvassed. But um, USCIP basically it was volunteers deciding that they wanted to canvass their own local areas, and so it was completely organized by volunteers on the ground and the the design of the canvassing was, as Ash said, it was literally to confirm the publicly available um, Secretary of State's voter roll information. And so there, as Ash said, there were only three or four questions on there that um, we asked just to confirm that the publicly available data. And so, Ash, you can go into more about how all of that worked. Yeah. So, yeah. What were you actually doing? So we we went out in pairs. And and as Holly said, it was it, it varied a little bit depending on which county uh, the canvassing was occurring in, because each county, you know, the the people in that county were canvassing their own neighborhoods. And so right. it looked a little bit differently, but, you know, very professional. Um, there was, you know, uh, we wanted people to be in pairs so that there wasn't, you know, any, anything that, that there wasn't a witness to. Right. right. Um, and we, as far as we knew, there were no complaints. There were, we were certainly never told about any complaints right. or any, any, you know, anything um, resulting from our efforts, but it was literally, as I just said, just taking the secretary of state's record and confirming whether or not it was true. And what's interesting is that we found, you know, a significant portion of the time it wasn't true. Well, that was uh, the whole problem. But let me that, make you up. So yeah. what did you do? So you would just go and you would knock on the door. You'd say, hey, I'm, I'm Ash um, and walk me through what you would do so people can see that this was sure. what exactly was going on. Sure. Hi, I'm, I'm Ash. I'm a, you know, a resident of Douglas. I live in Douglas County. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of your neighbors here in Douglas County and we're just checking that the record of the election that, that occurred in 2020 is accurate. Uh, you know, this, the secretary of state says that there's seven voters registered here. Is that, you know, is that accurate? Oh, well, no, there's only two of us. Oh, okay. Um, and are two of them, you know, so-and-so, and we'll show them the, the, list. the record of the, the, yeah, the record of the state uh, says that you voted, um, you know, in person on election day, or it says that you returned your ballot by mail. And it was very, just very, you know, kind of clinical in that sense, clicking up and then, you know, thank you so much for your time. That's it. There you go. I mean, first I have to, I mean, so I imagine if people didn't answer the door, you didn't pound on the door, right? Or if people said, I don't want to answer your question, you just said, which happens sometimes, right? 
Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. If, if people didn't want to talk to us, they didn't, we, we would leave. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. And you know, we would leave. There was, there was never any sort of that I saw or that I was told of from, you know, other people's efforts. There were never any, any issues or altercations that occurred as a result of this. This lawsuit came as a huge shock, especially, you know, it came several months. We finished up canvassing in September of 2021. The lawsuit was brought in March of 2022. Uh, Long after we were done. Why not? And, and, and so what did you find just in general? How accurate was the secretary of state's list? Because I think this is probably what they really don't want people to know about. That's right. Right. Well, the, the part of um, the canvassing that I found interesting was that the, we had a number of volunteers who um, do this kind of work in the, in their professional lives. You know, they're, they're professional analysts, mathematicians, statisticians, corporate trainers. Um, they do their academics, they do surveys, all this kind of stuff. And um, the, the original study design was to ensure that um, we could remove any bias out of, out of the data and then um, make sure that we had a large enough sample that it would be meaningful. And then, um, you know, from a statistical standpoint, now we didn't know at the beginning uh, how many counties would be canvassing, who wanted to do it, anything like that. But um, we had our fingers crossed that if we had a large enough sample from a number of counties and we were able to, um, uh, take all of that information and analyze it, we would be able to deliver uh, a formal report uh, about our findings. And uh-huh. um, it was interesting. It was an interesting confluence of uh, the timeline because uh, we were working, the, the volunteers who were working on the canvassing report, as Ash said, started way back in the fall. You know, they once canvassing was over, they started their work on the analysis and preparing um, the report. And so that took months. And that those folks kind of put a calendar on the date, let's publish early after the holidays in 2022, Let's let's have our report done, you know, Um, Uh no hard date. But the the lawsuit was filed on March 9th, um, 2022. And our canvassing report was published March 10th, 2022. Okay, And and Julie. Julie, you asked what we found, and we did publish the report. It's on USCIP.org. We also did a, a video going through our findings as a result. And really what we found was 8 to 11% of the, the data was anomalous in some way. Either there were you know, people at those addresses that did not live there. Many times there were votes cast from that address from people that don't live there. One of my favorite, the very first door they knocked on in El Paso County was a family of uh, it was three voters listed on the uh, you know secretary of state and the woman answered the door so yeah me and my husband voted um, and what about this person oh that's my son he's in Hawaii he's deployed to Hawaii well do you know if he voted in Colorado I don't know let's call him they called him he absolutely did not vote 
from Colorado, but the Secretary of State's data reported that he did. Things like that. Other times, you know, for, for me, the, the first anomaly that I found when I was canvassing was two people in their 80s registered to vote cast ballots from a storage unit. There you go. So, yeah. So, so we had, we found people that were registered to vote at Arby's. Um, lots of people registered to vote at official government buildings. Now in Colorado, these things aren't illegal, but one of the reasons that, you know, the, well, the, the kid that it said he voted and he absolutely didn't vote. That's illegal. That's identity. Right. Theft Somebody voter. voted for him. Right. Right. But, you know, voting from, you know, being registered to vote at Arby's or at a hotel, our our laws are so relaxed that that's not illegal. But those laws have been relaxed under the, um, you know, the guise that these things are very rare. Right. Right. And the reality is nobody checks. Right. And so we checked. And, you know, as a result, we're getting sued. So when getting... is it set for trial? It's February. I don't know the exact date. It's February, right? February. Yes. Yeah. 2024. What about then, Ash, you guys wanted to talk too about, because, and I think this is true. I think, because I, I know, I remember he was running for Secretary of State, Mike Johnson, not Mike Johnson. I, anyway, he was a candidate there and he did a great job, Mike O'Donnell, I think. And he did a good job of going through some of the data and he was doing this exact same thing. This is the exact same kind of thing I would have done if we were a reporter and you wanted to do that, right? All the time you go knock on a door, you'd say, hi, I'm so-and-so. And no one accused me of violating anybody's rights. Um, I think that this is aimed and correct me if I'm wrong or you guys disagree, but this is aimed at the same thing as that FBI SWAT raid against that January 6th guy. They want to show anyone who wants to say, hey, do we have actual accurate information, accurate data? Um, they just want to shut you down. They want to intimidate you, destroy your life. So not only are you shut down, but anyone else who might be thinking about doing this is is also shut down, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say I think it's a little bit bigger than that. I wow. think it's the first the First Amendment is is under attack in the state of Colorado. Uh, our our you know crimes here are is really our ideology. It's it's the fact that we're conservative. It's the fact that you know we're but but USCIP was a completely nonpartisan entity. We got a lot of flack for that, right? right. You know the Republicans wanted us to be Republican, and we were you know we we made, took great great steps to stay. Um, in independent and nonpartisan and really to, you know, engage specifically around elections and to find the truth, expose the truth and restore election integrity. And so the freedom of assembly, the freedom of um, speech, uh, you know, it's under attack in, in the state. And I, and I think that my opinion on this, of course, it's my opinion, is that we're being retaliated against. Yes. for for our efforts for what we've done i mean i think when you know looking at what happened i know i came on your show i don't know if it was last week or the week last before. week yeah last week um talking about pre president trump trump's trial and you know calling out my name in the middle of the trial as though i was a random person on the internet streaming the the trial illegally in violation of the court order well my name wasn't on there i was on badlands the logo was on the stream i was right. on the badlands channel and my name as i said my name is nowhere near there right, right. but eric olson knows my name jenna right. griswold knows my name the people associated with them know my name and so it was that felt very retaliatory retaliatory the day after that happened they mentioned uscip in questioning um, it is very intimidating. This has been, 
you know, we haven't we haven't spoken about this case up until this point, because how do you take on the entire media machine? There were tens of thousands of articles written about us within the first 24 hours of us, you know, uh, hearing that we were being sued. We weren't served with a lawsuit until I think it was 10 days for me, a couple weeks later for Holly. But it went out into the press that day. And how do you combat that? Right. Right. As just we're just citizens. We're just individual citizens that are, you know, engaging from a USCIP standpoint. So the media you, thing. Have you, have you oh, engaged ahead, in discovery on their side? Yeah, it's all over. It's, uh, it's, it's all, all done. over. And what did you find was the basis for their charges and the individuals and for the allegations? What, what proof they have for those allegations? They're baseless. None. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just exactly. made them. Well, that's lawfare, right? Yeah. The the it's point is not to actually win in a court of law. I mean, that's icing on the cake. But the point of lawfare mm-hmm. is to do what you said, to shut down the First Amendment, to attack and intimidate and destroy anyone if you disagree with their ideology. And so really to make an example, to make an judge? example of us so that other right. people don't get this crazy idea that they can exercise right. their rights to. Right. Uh, um have have you filed motions for summary judgment based on the yep um we have a um gofundme page okay. or Go sorry the send go page uh it's called the ash legal defense at uh ash um sean and holly that's that's how i named it um, ash without and- an e <laughs> yeah, ASH, um, legal defense. And in there is a link to all of the court filings. So if, um, to answer your questions, uh, Chuck, yeah, we, I mean, we have gone through every single step of the process and fought every single, um, way you can. I mean, using the law with motion for summary judgment, motion to dismiss, um, we've challenged their, Everything. Yeah, yeah, the expert witness. I mean, it is it's been two years almost of, you know, going through this step by step and following the law um, and using, you know, the arguments available to us and the mechanisms available to us. And guys, I hate to do this because we've got a guest coming up at 3.30 because we'll have to have you back and and continue on this because I know, Chuck, you have a ton of legal questions too. My final question, then one more time, how because you guys are having to pay for this, how how can people help? It's givesendgo.com slash A-S-H legal defense fund. Uh, Mm -hmm. And 100% of that goes to fighting this. I think, Julie, to the point that you are making, the process is the punishment. They want to make an example of us. But but the thing is, I don't think they ever expected that we were going to fight back. And we are going to fight back. We're going to trial. We're not because it's not just us. Like I said, it's the First Amendment. It is the protected activities that we have to engage in civics. And that's under attack in the state of Colorado right now. It's a federal lawsuit, but they're, you know, they're trying it out here. There's people canvassing and and doing similar activities all over the country. And we're not going to let them, uh, you know, we're we're not going to let them get away with it. So we are fighting. Do you have a jury for them? Oh, well, because um, that's a great, we wanted, we filed for a jury trial that was granted, but um, somewhat recently, the um, plaintiffs withdrew their um, claim of damages. damages. Yeah. And so that was a mechanism to deny us the ability to have yeah. a jury trial. Now it's a bench well, well, but trial. I don't, I don't but hey, Chuck, listen, I hate to do this. We do have I to know, cut this off. One last question. Andrew. Okay. Um, if they're not asking, if they lost injunction and they've not asking for damages, 
what are they asking for? Injunctive relief. Oh, but precedent. I thought they already got. They're asking for the legal precedent. That was precedent. in the TRO. Yeah. Oh, I so now, we're going to have to come back okay. and go over this again too because we've got we've got the guests. Sorry, asking hold. the legal questions that Julian has. Uh... <laughs> oh wait, oh wait, hang on. Thomas just said he tried Kenneth Raposa. We got his answering machine. Okay, hey Thomas, try again. So we don't have to go. Just let me know okay. when we get him, <laughs> so we can. Chuck, you can ask away your legal questions. Okay, so I, denied the denied the TRO. Yeah. If, if, I, if I could just mention something um, that hasn't been brought up yet, the same groups that are suing us, um, Mi Familia Vota, specifically Mi Familia Vota and Free Speech for People, they were the ones initiating um, the legal action against Trump to keep him off of the ballot. Now, I'm not sure. In Colorado. In what? In Colorado. In Colorado. Yeah. I'm not sure if they ended up as plaintiffs. In the in the case, no, but they were the ones originally stirring the pot um, to to get this this work going. Well, and, and you know, and, and they're not paying for it, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's something right. like Crew, whatever the group is, it's paying for the Trump lawsuit. There's somebody else giving them money. And Ash, I think you're right. They're trying to. I mean, in Colorado, what do you do, right? You have the Secretary of State's office won't do its own auditing or canvassing. They pull out of any interstate agreement to do any kind of auditing or canvassing. The legislature denied having any auditing or canvassing. So if you want anyone to do it, the only people who can do it are are citizens. And so if they can turn around and say, if you, Joe, citizen, or Ash or Holly citizen, try to ask somebody a question about the election, all of a sudden, now you're going to be filed with this horrific sounding lawsuit with all of, like you said, they have 12 lawyers, you have two, right? And it's just- well, Let it's, me ask you another question. The TRO was, was denied, right? Temporary injunction was denied. Yes. And I assume one of the reasons was that they were unlikely to prevail on the merits. Um, that's usually in, in, in a denial. Um, it was, the the reason for the TRO, so it was the temporary restraining order against canvassing. Now, mm-hmm. I personally, in my opinion, think they didn't want us to canvass the primary, the 2022 primary. And so that's why there was a, a TRO filed for that. The judge d- uh, denied that because it was all hearsay. There was no evidence presented to support that. But they are looking for the injunctive relief. They're looking for the precedent. They want the legal precedent well, that what we were doing is wrong and it can't be done Right, Is, was it forward. was it Bremer who gave refused the TRO? Yes. Oh, okay, because Jeff. normally it's and considered then, impossible to to lose the TRO to win the TRO. You know, rule against the TRO but grant the the injunction. But I guess now you got a different judge, different deal. A different judge. That's right. That's right. And then, as Holly said, the first thing the first thing that this judge did was throw out our counter claims. Um, and then, you know, as, as it's gone on, there's been no, it's, it's still hearsay, right? It's, right. it's still, it's still very much the same circumstances because through the discovery process, their case hasn't gotten better. <laughs> it's, right. Um, <laughs> it's gotten much worse and, uh, and it's lawfare and the no, process is the punishment. Ash, and you're probably right. They want to use it to set a precedent. So then any anyone else who wants to set up something like this and Mike Lindell and any of the efforts he's trying to do, they want to just say you can't do it. Um, and the reason they do is because they don't want people to see what they're actually doing, uh, would be my opinion there, too. That it's legal. And so right. they certainly probably would have dropped the entire case if the uh, if you hadn't got a different judge. 
Brothers well, seem to like dropping cases. I've had a case of him. We had a case of him on on the open primary and all that, and he dropped out, and we got a Carter appointee. Um, but, you know, here's the thing, though, too, guys. They don't, I mean, Chuck, they could still drop out at any time, right? Like, as you said, they probably wanted to prevent you from canvassing in 2022. If they can draw this out, I mean, I assume you guys and everybody else is kind of waiting to see what happens. And so they can keep you from doing this in time for the 2024 election. I mean, the, the, and then and then once, you know, the, then once they get in, they'll be like, okay, we withdraw it, right? And so then there won't be. Well, like then that. they'd probably be liable for legal fees for, for failing no. to you know, drop out far earlier, but who knows when you got a, when you got a Biden judge, who the hell knows? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I said to you guys, um, on a a previous show, when we were talking about one of my columns, um, I discovered recently that you can say anything that you want about anybody, as long as you put it in a lawsuit, that's, what's really damaging about this is that the legal, you know, legal immunity or whatever it's called that they have because they, Privilege. Yeah. They put, they put their baseless allegations, their, you know, very malicious allegations into a lawsuit so they can go out there and say them over and over and over again. But the, what, what I want to know, and I'm not a lawyer and, but I, you know, I want to believe in the court system, even in Colorado, you know, where this is the, this is the legal system where Jack Phillips has been fighting for 11 years. Right. Right. Um, But I want to believe in the legal system. How can you say those things under pain and penalty of perjury and continue to sign your name, uh, you know, that these things are true and then later on withdraw them because they're not true. Right. This it's very it's it's very frustrating having gone through this process as you know, it's been an incredible amount of uh of personal cost that right. uh, uh Sean and Holly and I have have borne out of this. And now, you know, we just want people to know and we're we're gonna fight it to the end. We're not gonna allow this because where where's the line otherwise? Right. right. Well there are there are some legal remedies, you know, for malicious prosecution or falsely bringing a suit, but that's a whole nother lawsuit. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go there. Hey, listen, I, I, we will let you guys go then. Thank you so much. Chuck, any more legal questions? Oh, I got tons, but it's right, been, been great. All right. Guys, thank you so much. Please stay in touch with us on this and update us as stuff goes on because people need to know this is going on and, and what they're doing to you guys is just wrong. Yeah. Thank, thank you guys you. so much. All right. It thank is. you. Support. All right. Thank, care, you. thank you. Thank you. Ash Epp. Um, Ash in America and Holly at Altitude. And, and Chuck, we don't have Ken. Um, Thomas, let us know if we do. So there, your legal questions are all good. I was trying to, I was trying to cut you off. I was trying to censor your First Amendment right to ask questions. <laughs> um, but I, don't you think, I mean, you look at all the things that are going on in, in this country and the way that they use lawfare. I mean, we've talked about this before. They have Project 65, and I'm sure they're involved in this somewhere, right? That is, they're, that it's a whole way of manipulating and weaponizing the law and the justice system. I mean, look what they've done to Trump, right? Um, to go after people. And and then what they do is they go after any lawyers who who try to help those people. Well, so, the, the real the real problem is is there's no contrary effort. There is no lawfare on behalf no. of Republicans. No. Because this is just going to continue on when you say, well, you know, let's assume they don't get their preliminary injunction. Um you know, it's great. We've done what we wanted to do, and they're they're happy with it. Unless Republicans and DAs and others start bringing lawsuits, and of course, it's all deep pocket stuff. And you have all these, you know, Swiss billionaires and others who freely can give to lawsuit efforts. They can't contribute to a campaign at least directly, but they go, hey, we can use your money in all kinds of things. 
Right. Well, and you would think ideally, I mean, this is my, you know, in an ideal world, in a correct world, the secretary of state's office, rather than jumping on board and being witnesses in a, in a awful, frivolous, outrageous lawsuit like this would say, hey, God, guys, look at the information they got. Maybe we should go out there and do some of this ourselves, right? Maybe our voter rolls aren't as gold standardish as people would like us to believe. But, but instead, they shut it down and say, I mean, we've seen that over and over again. Look what they've done to Mike Lindell, right? Um, well, and look, Tina at, look at what they're doing to the mayor of New York because he was yeah. criticizing, criticizing Biden. It's, it's pretty amazing, to tell you the truth. Um, mm-hmm. um, okay, a couple other things I wanted to talk about. And this is what's going on. Just to, uh, These are kind of minor points. You but should have left Holly and Ash on. We well, they the they on have it. stuff to do. They have stuff to do. I wanted to see, if, to know, if, did people hear about this? This is insane. So the story is coming out. At first, it was a confusing story talking about Secret Service agents shooting at carjackers, right? I'm like, why would Secret Service people be shooting at carjackers? This is in Washington, D.C. Well, it turns out, so it was a Secret Service vehicle that Joe Biden's granddaughter, his adult granddaughter, was in with Secret Service protection, right? And three criminals tried to carjack the Secret Service people. You've got to give them credit for that. <laughs> well, gotta, I, I, know, there are some gutsy guys. They are. And so then this is, then it gets even worse. So the Secret Service shoots at them, which you actually, I don't think you can do necessarily, and misses somehow. And then the carjackers all get away. So this is what's going on in our country, right? And this is why they don't want us asking questions and they don't want us doing anything. So card, so the Secret Service vehicle with the, with the, now you'd think the president might be like, guys, Maybe we need to get on this whole crime issue that we have going on here. He My granddaughter. Even <laughs> so, even know. And I don't even know which is the worst part, right? So they're driving along in the Secret Service vehicle. Boom, three carjackers jump in. Now, you'd think the Secret Service would have the doors locked or something. I don't even understand how this could happen. But then the Secret Service shoots at them. And so I got to wonder, where did the Secret Service bullets go right i mean if there should i mean and and then the carjackers run away and they and they can't catch us we got the you would assume the secret service and the washington police all these people would like respond to this quickly and somehow these carjackers are now gone right now you'd also think in washington dc this is on camera somewhere so hopefully we'll we'll see this but that's just how ridiculous it is they're busy rounding up some more january 6th defendants and they're they're busy people exactly they don't have time The, the fbi told the secret service guys we have at least two grandmothers whose homes we're planning a raid for right now because they were not actually in the Capitol, but we think that they were in Washington, D.C. on that time. And these are dangerous terrorists. We don't have time to waste with your stupid carjackers trying to carjack the the president's granddaughter, you know. And by the way, we're going to take your guns away if you aren't more careful with them, too. It's just like insane. Um, Another insanity, which is why the Democrats, I saw this. Um, actually, it was a good story. The Denver Gazette did this. Um, I think it was the Denver Gazette on why a hamburger in Denver now costs 16 bucks, right? And right. they kind of broke it down. But in a typical kind of leftyish fashion, they kind of avoided the real issue. One of the biggest things is the restaurants said they had to raise the price. Okay, that price of hamburger went up, buns went up, fuel, everything went up. But the, in the past few years, their labor costs have gone up 54%. 
right? Yeah. Now that's huge. Um, and they're going to go up again because the 1st of January, the minimum wage in Denver goes up again, 5.6% to 1442 an hour. Now, as a result of this, what do people say? Like, hooray, you know, thank you for taking care of, of, you know, minimum wage workers. No, the restaurant, what's going to happen is the restaurant say they're going to raise prices again, right? So more people can't afford hamburgers. And so your $16 hamburger now is going to end up costing $18. And and even more, they're going to fire and lay off and cut the hours of the people that are working for them. So this minimum wage, and you've heard this too, right? You've talked about this for years. And you know, people who own businesses who say, you keep raising the minimum wage, people are not going to be making more money. People are going to, more people are going to be making less money because we're going to get rid of them. And then you still aren't going to have any money to get a hamburger, right? Right, right. Well, it's 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 a uh, soon there'll be a horn and hard art. You know, you'll just drive up. The machine will hand you a hamburger. The machine will take your money. And, uh, you <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're like Rev, and you try to order a hamburger without all the stuff on it, you're just out of luck there, yeah, right? Yeah, and then Leo says, "I make better hamburgers for two dollars each." It's, I, well, I don't. It's hard to have hamburger is expensive these days on top of everything. Then another couple of other things too. Um, Again, showing the insanity of we were we were talking with some people that we won't name names, but who are not impressed with the new Denver Mayor Johnson's um, homeless thing where he wants to give every homeless person like a little house. These were kind of committed Democrats. Right. Who are like, this is insane. And here's why. And Chuck, you can talk about Ed Thomas, our police, former police officer friend. So in L.A., I-10 is closed in downtown L.A. because they had this massive and I mean by massive, a massive homeless encampment there. And some how a fire started in it and it was such a hot fire that it melted essentially the bridge now you would say to yourself were these what kind of what could have been in this homeless encampment that would cause a fire so hot that it would melt the bridge but ed thomas used to tell us under spear the spear viaduct or spear boulevard right along that spear boulevard where they have where it goes through downtown through cherry creek propane tanks yeah most of most of them are propane tanks and so and then didn't Ed used to tell us that he would warn the he would warn people about that, right? Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, yeah, well, there you go. It's but I mean that's another thing too. These encamp. So you know, Mike Johnson, I think, is going to have a hard time because he keeps changing his plan with the city council. And one other thing, then Chuck, too, Nikki Haley, your favorite. This is interesting. Yeah. I think um is is taking out a ten million dollar ad buy against Ron DeSantis. I think, what do you think this Chris Christie? Meanwhile is in Israel. So probably there'll be peace any day now, but, <laughs> but Nikki, Nikki Haley is starting a $10 million. Ad well, good. Party. You know, where in, in Iowa? Or New yeah, I think against or... DeSantis, against DeSantis. Well, um, well, but good. good. Ha- have fun, Nikki. I mean, you know, you're already, everybody does view you as Dick Cheney with, with three inch heels or five inch heels, uh, whatever you prefer. Um, taking ad buys out against Ron DeSantis. Why bother? I mean, yeah. just a dead, you just a dead fish. Well, and I mean, that's I think because you know you've done campaigns. It's not a ten million buy against Trump. No, ten million buy against DeSantis. Right. And I wonder who gave her the money for that. But. Apparently a bunch of people, according to the, it was a political article talking about, uh, you know, I mean, a bunch of people, but I mean, it's establishment types, obviously, but why do they like Nikki Haley better than Ron DeSantis? Just because she's a warmonger? Yeah, yeah. She's, you know, Raytheon and she was on the board of Boeing and then she, there was a kind of a joke given where they kind of go, you know, Nikki, is there any country uh, that you don't want to invade? And Nikki going, why wouldn't I want to invade them? 
I can't <laughs> believe you're saying that. Is that a trick question? Is there yeah, a yeah, country that's right. that would want to invade? You're right. Um, no, but Is that, that seems like question? a trick question. Well, and then finally, before I let people go, this too, because we did a show on it. Remember, we talked to, I forget who we talked to, but it was a, an international, maybe it was Robert Spencer, talking about the Nord Stream pipeline. Remember, guys, when it blew up right. and how that all kind of went away? Well, now the Washington Post is confirming that it was Zelensky's Ukraine. Land, which is what- the, the guy who was in charge of the whole thing um, had been hadn't been in the army for eight months and was under investigation for this and that. So, you know, it, it said, you know, the conservative treehouse and elsewhere, you know, Washington Post, CIA, New York Times, FBI, uh, Politico, State Department. I mean, so this is an official um, CIA misinformation that no, everybody was laughing about. I mean, kind of like, but, come well, on. And, and according to the Washington Post, the CIA knew about it ahead of time and said, according to the Washington Post, hey, we don't think that's a great idea. Yeah, that's the CIA would, yeah. As this, yeah you know, so the CIA knew he was planning it and then and then turned around and lied about it. And I think they tried to blame Trump for it at some level, didn't they? Um, no, but anyway, so now blame, it's... They tried to blame anti-Putin forces in Russia, Ukrainians. Right everything else but the CIA and the, and the U.S. Navy. So, I mean, it's a pathetic effort. I mean, the Washington Post is just disgrace. I, I don't think they can disgrace themselves. Well, they anymore. did say that they don't think Zelensky knew about it that much. No, that's <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they asked him. He said, no, I didn't know. Because <laughs> the CIA forgot to tell them when yeah. they were doing that Vogue cover, you know, Vogue magazine <laughs> cover. They, they they forgot to bring that up. So it's just, but guys, don't give up hope, right? You look at this and all you can do sometimes is laugh, right? And then keep fighting like Ash and Holly and what we're doing here and what all of you guys are doing there. And I think one of the reasons are getting so desperate is I think the tide is turning. Um, and I think it is all making a difference. So I feel like the conservative trio. So don't give up hope. Go out there, live your best lives. Um, and, and we'll be back by, by law firm. And, yeah, yeah, and then get sued. No, I'm kidding. Oh, well, I'm not kidding, actually. Hey, well, that will wrap it up for us. We got a lot of stuff coming up on Wednesday. Lori Sane is going to come on and talk about this outrageous situation with Weld County commissioners are trying to kind of are trying to push through their own kind of bait and switch proposition HH up in Weld County. And Lori and some others up there were able to kind of push it down. So she'll um, talk about that. And then on Friday, we're going to have somebody from the John Birch Society. Society. Earlier, we had a guy on who was speaking in favor of the Convention of States for constitutional amendments. These guys are opposed to it. So we'll kind of present. John Birch's? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. This should be fun. Okay. Yeah, it should, it should be. And I told them, Chuck, I gave him forewarning. I said, just so you know, Chuck, the Chuck portion of the Chuck and Julie show is, is in favor of the convention of states. Um, and, and, uh, they said, well, same thing. I could be convinced otherwise. I'm, right. you know, it's it's not fun. like I'm just a, a big, you know, I, th- I think the person we had on before was convincing and, and not that it doesn't have problems. I think it does. So it's, it's not that I'm adamantly against it. You know, like me watching a football game where I switch my side depending on five times in the last five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Hey, that will do it for us. Thank you so much to Ash and Holly and Thomas and everybody on Zoom. Remember, you can catch all our shows at Chuck and Julie got Chuck and Julie dot com. Chuck, get back to work putting out the world award winning um, Glendale Terry Chronicle. Um, And we will see everybody on Wednesday. Take care.